What is going on, Nets fans? It is, as always, your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another awesome edition of the Bridge to the Nets podcast right here on the Basketball Podcast Network, your number one place to get everything you need to know about your Brooklyn Nets. As always, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly appreciate it. Hope you guys are having a great day. And obviously, I'm able to kind of track and see, you know, how many people are listening to the podcast episodes. And it really does make me feel very happy that there are people out there that are taking time out of their day to check these episodes out. So thank you guys so much. We're going to continue to build this podcast. This podcast really is for the fans you know, by a fan, by a long time, long time Nets fan. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for all that you guys uh, do for me and show your support. It means a lot to me. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Basketball Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ladies and gentlemen, the first main official week of college football is coming up this weekend. And also, we are a little bit more than a week away from the start of the National Football League season. And as always, DraftKings is giving you guys crazy opportunities to get unbelievable cash prizes. So if you want to get a little bit, a uh, little bit, you know, I guess you'd say a little extra cash to kick off your fall. Here's what you do. You go to DraftKings right now. You sign up. You use our promo code TBPN. And as always, you tell them that Neil Villa Piano sent you. Folks, the Nets were pretty busy over this past week. And you could tell by the title of this episode, Adding Depth, that the Nets have uh, added some new faces to the roster and kind of filling out the roster for training camp. Because again, uh, every team has a 20-man training camp. So it's going to be 15, obviously, once the season starts. But it gets uh, opened up to five extra spots so that, you know, teams can obviously try out more guys and other guys can get taped. So we're going to talk about the two players that the Nets uh, signed over this past week. And honestly, I like them both. And then we're going to end this episode by looking at some potential other options the Nets could go with, especially and really kind of focusing on adding size in the center position and really just in the, you know, center power forward position and some guys that I think could definitely be really, really good uh, additions, especially if they uh, they come in, in into training camp and, you know, help us with depth. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Bridge to the Nets podcast, so let's not waste any more time and tip this one off. So we'll tip this one off with talking about the first of two signings the Nets uh, made uh, starting earlier this week and obviously just this past week. So it starts with on Sunday, the Nets announced the signing of Ford Yuta Watanabe to a one-year non-guaranteed deal, which basically means that it is a training camp contract. It, it's basically that it's not guaranteed that Watanabe will make the roster out of training camp. He's going to be a guy that's going to have to fight to earn a guaranteed contract with the Nets going into the upcoming 22-23 season. So let me give you some background on Watanabe in case you are not familiar with who he is. Watanabe is six foot eight, two hundred and 
214 pounds. He has appeared in 121 games, eight starts across four seasons with the Memphis Grizzlies from 2018 to 2020. And for the past two seasons has been with the Toronto Raptors from 2020 to 2022. Uh, recording averages of 3.8 points per game on 40.9% shooting from the field. 35.2% shooting from three-point range and 66.7% shooting from the free throw line and 2.5 rebounds in 12 minutes per game. So right off the bat from a stats standpoint, I know for a lot of you that might that you know you might look at that and say, what what's the big deal? You know, why exactly is he here? Well, he actually is considered to be a very, very tough defensive player, a guy who definitely tries to go after the ball. He's big on steals. He's big on just being aggressive. And I think the Nets, you can see now that we obviously know KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons are here, the Nets are now able to really build this team in a more defensive uh, with a more defensive mindset than they've had in, in years previous. And I think that that's really important. Getting guys in here who are going to be hungry, wanting to make the team, like Watanabe getting a non-guaranteed contract. He's going to come in and try to give it 110%, showcase his defense, give us some solid scoring as a really good winger off the bench and go from there. And Kevin Durant, I remember months ago, was saying, you know, the NBA is much more of a wings uh, league now and uh, you could see how the Nets are you know in regards to filling out the team you could see how they're they're kind of doing that most recently the 27 year old saw action in 38 games with four starts with the Raptors during this past 21-22 season and he finished posting averages of 4.3 points per game and 2.4 rebounds per game in 11.7 minutes per contest so again he probably will have a similar role if he does make the team out of training camp. He will have a relatively similar role here with the Nets. Uh, Watanabe went undrafted in 2018 out of, I believe it was George Washington University. Um, he didn't get drafted. And then, interestingly enough, he already has a connection with the Nets. He played for the Nets Summer League team in Las Vegas. So the Nets have a little bit of history with Watanabe, not a whole lot. Um, and obviously, he was available and Sean Marks having some form of a relationship with Watanabe to an extent. It, it was kind of an easy choice. And I know that a lot of Raptors fans um, have been saying to Nets fans that you're getting a really, really tough defensive player. And hearing that makes me happy because I want to add, I want the Nets to add more defensive players and make this a much tougher defensive team in general, especially when it comes to rebounding. We need to find a way to solidly get these rebounds and not have these tip drill contests every time we're down low. And I know Watanabe is going to be, you know, he's a wing player, but he can still grab us a decent amount of rebounds off the bench. Uh, last year, Watanabe averaged 4.3 points per game on 40, 34, 60 shooting splits in 11.7 minutes over 38 games. And again, four of them were starts. In 2020-21, Watanabe's first year with the Raptors, he played in 50 games, averaging 4.4 points per game and hitting 40% of his three. So he's relatively consistent um, with this short amount of uh, uh, time he actually gets on, on the court. Uh, Colin Hetwing of uh, Nets Daily notes that Watanabe ranked in the 94th percentile in defensive rebounding percentage per clean the glass. Last season, the Nets secured defensive boards at 70.4% rate, the worst in the NBA. So again, you're adding a guy that not only is going to play hard defense, but also really do the one thing that we struggled with the most, and that is grabbing rebounds firmly. And I think that that's another 
thing about that. And I think when you watch the Nets, you know, obviously now we're into September and we're getting that much closer to training camp. You're going to start seeing the Nets round out their training camp roster with a lot of guys that are focusing more on defense and rebounding. Because if the Nets can solidify that with the offense that they are capable of producing, this is going to be that much of a tougher team for other teams to face off against on a night-to-night basis, especially when you get into the playoffs and trying to make a run of the championship. So it's it's honestly a really, really solid signing. And again, he, it's going to be a training camp invite, so to speak. He signed to a contract, but nothing's guaranteed. He's going to have to work for everything. Uh, Watanabe is the first Asian player signed by the Nets since Joe and Clara Wusai bought the control of the Nets back in October of 2019. And he also, Watanabe, has a connection with Cam Thomas, our second-year uh, point guard. He and Cam Thomas were both born in Japan's Kanagawa uh, Prefecture. Thomas's mother was in the U.S. Air Force at the time of his birth. So again, Watanabe has a little bit of familiarity with the Nets, considering the fact that that was the first NBA team that gave him any sort of shot, even though it was just summer league. But... Watanabe does have a couple of years under his belt now in the NBA playing for a couple of teams and and really defining his role very well. So overall, I think this is a very solid defensive signing. And what's great about it, as we've talked about before, about how the Nets have a lot of motivated players that want to show everybody up. You're getting another guy in Watanabe who knows he's not guaranteed to make this team. So he's going to come out and give it as as much percent as he can possibly give. And that can only benefit him, obviously. And if he does make the team, could certainly help benefit the rest of the team in regards to practice and certainly when we get into games. So the Nets earlier this week signed uh, forward Utah Watanabe, again, to a one-year non-guaranteed deal. And we'll see what type of energy and play overall he can bring once we get to training camp and preseason games. Now, the next signing was one that honestly really isn't that much of a surprise, considering the fact that we talked about this guy in the last episode last week, and it felt like it was only a matter of time because the Nets showed a lot of interest in him, and this player also showed interest in signing with the Nets as well. And this came on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, Sham Sharania of The Athletic reported that the Nets have signed forward Markeith Morris to a one-year deal pending a physical exam. Not sure exactly when that exam is going to happen. Hopefully that happens sooner, or maybe it already happened by the time you're listening to this uh, this podcast. And really, the only way that Marquise Morris does it side with the Nets is if he fails his physical, um, which he is coming off a little bit of an injury. Um, he did have whiplash from that crazy fight he had with uh, with Jokic uh, earlier this past year. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up and you'll understand. Um And he did miss some time as well, playing with the Miami Heat with another injury, I believe, and didn't play a whole lot in the playoffs. But still, I think he's a really solid pickup as well. Uh, In addition, who brings protection and leadership as an 11-year NBA veteran, Morse was a part of the 2020 Lakers championship team and now is set to join Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons in Brooklyn. He is expected to undergo a physical with the team this week. Uh, I would imagine that, again, it's happening you know, maybe even by the time you're listening to this episode, it's already happened. Uh, Marquise Morris is a 32-year-old, six foot eight power forward. So obviously bringing some strong size, which is something that the Nets definitely need. Um, he was an unrestricted free agent and the Nets had an opening on their 15-man roster. With the signings of Marquise Morris and Yuta Watanabe, the Nets currently have four openings on their 20-man camp roster, three Exhibit 10s, and a two-way deal that David Duke Jr. is expected to fill. 
Um, I did make a post about the fact that it's pretty much other than the fact fully confirmed that David Duke Jr. is going to sign um, that two-way deal. I think we're just waiting for full confirmation for it. Uh, and maybe they won't announce it until they fill out the rest of the roster. You know, we'll see. The Nets also have yet to make an announcement about the signing of Markeith Morris as well, because again, they still have to go through the physical. So there's still some things that need to be worked out. Uh, Markeith Morris, if you didn't know, is the twin brother of the Clippers, Marcus Morris. Uh, Marcus Morris is a 12-year veteran. Uh, well, excuse me, Markeith Morris is is uh, a 12-year NBA veteran who played for Miami last season, where he only played 17 games due mostly to injury. In 17 and a half minutes per game, the Philadelphia native averaged 7.6 points on 47-33-89 shooting splits and 2.6 rebounds. For his career, Morris has averaged 10.9 points per game on a 44-35-78 splits. In recent years, playing for the Heat and before that the Lakers, Pistons, and Thunder, he has come off the bench starting only 61 games in five seasons. So obviously, Markeith is not in the prime of his career anymore. He's considered much more of a role player, a guy that could come off the bench, bring toughness. He certainly is one tough SOB. He certainly is not afraid to mix it up. He is a veteran. I think, obviously, the Nets not only want to bring in size and strength, and toughness, but also some veteran presence from some other guys as well that can kind of help keep this team together, especially with the crazy situations we have all the time with our top three players. So it is another very solid signing. I know that um, the Philadelphia 76ers were interested in bringing the Philly native um, home, but the Nets were able to secure the services of Mark Heath and bring him in. Uh, Stein noted that the 32-year-old was known to be a vocal locker room presence while on the 2019-2020 championship winning Lakers club and could be a good fit for a Brooklyn team. So again, you're bringing in some more presence, some championship uh, presence, although we do have two guys on the roster that have won an NBA title uh, before. Well, we have several guys, but uh, two of our three main guys have won at least the title and, and, and at least a, a finals MVP. Um, but certainly bringing another vocal leader, I think is really important, especially for still a, I would say mostly still unproven coach and a guy like Steve Nash, but, you know, bringing in more, I guess you'd say mature players. I know Markeith got into the whole scrap with Jokic this past year, but, you know, again, I'm sure that anybody who played on the Lakers when um, Markeith was there, would speak nothing but really good things about how much he really just wants to win and wants to come in and just play basketball. And I think that we obviously, you know, are looking to sign guys that want to just come here and, uh, and play. I'm not entirely sure if it's a non-guaranteed deal as well. I think most likely it's probably not considering Mark Keefe's long tenure. I don't feel like he, I don't think the Nets or Mark Keefe feel like that they have to prove that they're not there. But again, um, they do need to do a physical exam. So we're it's still unofficial, but hopefully after the exam, and it'll happen relatively soon, uh, they can get that all squared away. So yeah, another guy that I think is a very solid signing when it comes to bringing in some defensive uh, presence, bringing some physical presence. He's six foot eight, and obviously the Nets need to add some more height to this roster to, to certainly you know fix the rebounding situation as well. So I like it. And again, bringing in some more locker room vocal presence, guys that are not afraid to speak their mind and, and are going to be demanding. And I think that that's important, especially when the Nets still have a, a good handful of young players that are going to be looking for leaders on this team. And I know we've talked about it before, about how you question the leadership of guys like Kevin Durant, 
uh, Kyrie Irving and even Ben Simmons, but getting a guy like Morse, who's been around the block for over a decade now, and obviously um, has championship experience as well and a different type of personality, you're hoping that it could all kind of gel together. And a lot of people said that the type of um, personality and presence that Morris brings could be really good for this Nets squad. And so the Nets uh, made a push to get it done. So, yeah, the Nets also have signed uh, power forward Markeith Morris to a one-year deal. And again, pending a physical exam, um, he will then eventually he will then eventually and officially become a member of the Brooklyn Nets. So another solid defensive physical signing that uh, it, I, I feel like can only benefit this team both on and off the court. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for NFL Week One action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That is the definition of a win-win scenario. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the third and final thing I wanted to discuss here on this edition of the Bridge to the Nets podcast is talking about how the Nets should try to fill out the rest of their roster. Again, as I mentioned before, the Nets still have four roster spots left for their 20-man training camp roster. Um, there is a good chance that the majority, if not all of the four guys that get signed are going to be to non-guaranteed deals, basically prove it contracts and, in you know, create competition. I personally think the Nets need to add more size down low to complement a guy like Claxton, as well as creating different, bigger lineups, because I understand that the league is much more about, you know, wing players, but there was just, as I've, I feel like I'm just a broken record, especially in this episode, just talking a bunch about the fact that the Nets uh, just could not rebound. They were the worst rebounding team in the NBA. The amount of times the ball was just tipped three or four times and then the other team would grab it for an offensive rebound. That just cannot happen. It's It, it cannot happen if you want to you know, have a successful season and make a run at a championship. You have to find a way to eliminate that or at least lower it and become one of the better rebounding teams. So with that in mind, there are a handful of, and I was looking just kind of directly at centers because the Nets right now, their two centers are Nick Claxton and Dayron Sharp. Two young, still relatively unproven centers. And the Nets need uh, more size and a more veteran presence, in my opinion. I, I'm just being very honest. And I think that Dayron Sharp playing majority of the time with the Long Island Nets are... Um, our G League team, I think, would be more beneficial for him long term and help in his development uh, over time because he will only be going into his second season um, in the NBA. So with that in mind, I looked at a lot of the free agent centers that at the time of this recording are still available 
Um, and also there was very a, a, no, there was one big name potential center the Nets could get, but it would require a trade. Um, and he has been rumored with the Nets before. So let's kick things off. We're going to start with just the free agents. And again, this is not a list of preference with regards to who would I prefer the Nets to go out after over someone else. So it's just throwing, you know, different uh, names out there. The first one is a uh, is a former NBA champion from a couple of years ago, Tristan Thompson. Uh, I found a little snippet of Thompson from an article. It says Thompson recently played for the Kings, Pacers, and Bulls last season, and he ended up playing in 57 games amongst the three teams. In total, the former 2016 champion averaged six points, 5.1 rebounds, and shot just over 50% from the floor. He's always regarded as a strong rebounder, which is, again, would be great for the Nets, um, on either end of the floor. Tristan Thompson could end up being a valuable addition for the Nets, not only because they were middle of the pack in rebounding during the 21-22 season, but because Nicholas Claxton and Dayron Sharp are the only two centers on Brooklyn's roster right now. So again, regards to, um, you know, guards and, you know, forwards for the most part, we're good. We have to, we have to get bigger down low. We just have to, we have to balance this out. If we're going to create, we, we can't play small ball against every single team and we can't play small ball the entire game. We have to create some bigger lineups that might be slower, but are going to be more effective with grabbing rebounds, playing defense and getting block shots. Um, so Tristan Thompson is, uh, is one example of that. Uh, another is somebody who's played for the Nets uh, sparingly the last two years, and that is LaMarcus Aldridge. He's 37 years of age right now, six foot 11. Last season, he averaged just under 13 points a game. Uh, Halfway to six rebounds, 5.5 rebounds per game, and averaged a block per game. And obviously, you bring back, if you bring back Aldridge, um, he already knows Steve Nash's system. He's played with the majority of the guys on the roster. So that would be that. As far as his interest in coming back, you know, who knows? At this point in his career as a veteran, you know, he's really, really trying to see if he can win at least one more title. I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that maybe waits till after the season starts and then maybe later on in the season gets an offer from somebody. But, you know, who knows? That was kind of the situation with LaMarcus last year um, after he was cleared to play basketball again and, and his heart was in a was in a good place. Like he, his heart was feeling better. Let's put it that way. Um, but, yeah, obviously I wouldn't be against bringing him back. Um, you know, I called him LaMarcus Wetridge for a reason because when right inside, right inside the three-point line, he's just automatic. He really is. And he still plays relatively solid defense and can grab us some rebounds coming off the bench. So, and again, familiarity with the way the Nets play or want to play. So that was an option. Another guy that I've heard a lot of Nets fans talk about on, on social media about bringing in is DeMarcus Cousins who's currently 32 years of age. He just turned 32 a couple weeks ago, six foot 10 in this past season um, with the Bucks, And I believe it was the Utah Jet, or I believe it was the Nuggets, actually. He uh, he averaged nine points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, and just under a half a block per game. So DeMarcus Cousins, obviously personality-wise, you know, bringing him in with the personalities we already have uh, may not be the smartest move unless DeMarcus Cousins has uh, matured over time, I think from the fact that he's also a really, really solid distributor of the basketball when it comes to getting assists, I think that could be just another point that could be very, very good. And certainly he does bring size being six foot 10. He'd be one of the taller players on our team being that, you know, solid uh, defensive, you know, center. Would he take uh, coming off the bench? I don't know. 
I feel like if he had to compete against uh, Nick Claxton, I think maybe Cousins would just end up winning that job, but who knows? But I think it's more of the personality that kind of makes you a little bit more nervous um, with it. But still, I think a good option when you're thinking about it from on the court perspective. Another guy with a very, let's call it, very expressive personality um, is Montrez Harold. And Montrez Harold on this list is the second youngest of the guys that I'm going to mention. He's 28 years of age, six foot seven, so not incredibly tall. He's not a center per se, but I'm sure he could play that. Um, this past season, he finished averaging 13.1 points per game, 6.1 rebounds per game, and almost two blocks per game, 1.9 to be exact. And obviously, he is not afraid to speak his mind. He is very aggressive, not afraid to throw hands as well as we've seen. So he certainly would bring a lot of toughness. As far as the personality of dealing with the guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, all that, who knows how he would fit in the locker room? I think the real big thing for Sean Marks is to try to get guys who want to come here that understand, you know, what, what exactly we're all trying to accomplish and focus on the one singular goal, and, and that is to bring an NBA championship to Brooklyn. So, you know, you kind of wonder about that. So, yeah, with both Montrez and Montrezl, as well as DeMarcus Cousins, it's a personality thing that, that kind of makes you like, you hope that it works. You think about it from the court perspective and what they can bring. And yes, they certainly can. Montrez Harold, especially over the last two years, has been one of the more impressive block uh, shot blockers in the in the NBA. And from that perspective and from a defense perspective, that would be honestly a really, really solid pickup. But as far as, you know, personality in the locker room and all that stuff, you know, you wonder, you wonder about that. But that's just another option as well. Next one is somebody that back when he was in his prime and as a free agent, the Nets were trying to bring in to be paired with Darren Williams. Uh, the Nets actually did acquire him and immediately traded him for some draft picks at one time. And that is Dwight Howard, uh, who played for the Lakers last year. He's 36 years of age, six foot ten. And that past year, as I just mentioned, with the Lakers, he scored 6.2 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, and 0.6 blocks per game. Um, this is a guy that also a lot of Nets fans have mentioned that I've seen on social about a guy that we could bring in. Um, he's very, very lengthy, which is important. Um, again, I think at this point in his career, he's focusing on winning championships or at least wants to win a championship. And he's he does have a little bit of experience playing with the, the 76ers, who we're going to face off a bunch of times. Um, he's also played with, you know, a great player like LeBron James. And, uh, you know, he brings that size and sturdiness where it's very, very hard to move him down low. Um, and uh, he's also really good at getting a couple of steals every now and then as well. You know, pickpocketing guys from behind. I think it's uh, I think that could be a really good factor. I don't know maturity wise. I don't know where Dwight Howard is at this point in his career or what he wants to do. Um, I do wonder how he would feel about coming to a team like the Nets. Uh, but again, when you just talk about the Nets on paper, they do look like one of the more attractive teams. And you can see ever since KD signed or decided to stay, uh, you can see guys now being interested in coming here, knowing the potential that the Nets have for not just this year, but for several years moving forward with uh, KD in the fold and, you know, some other guys uh, moving forward. But yeah, Dwight Howard, I would like him. As a, you know, sturdy, you know, you can't move him defensive player and a guy who could get you some solid blocks as well. He's not the same player he was 10 years ago, but I think he could still be effective, especially off the bench. Now, here's another guy who 
not too long ago was considered to be one of the better shot blockers uh, for a while down low, especially when he was with the Miami Heat. And that is Hassan Whiteside, uh, 33 years of age. I, I couldn't believe that when I was looking up how old he was. I was like, wow, he's 33 at this point. It's crazy. He's seven foot even. So he is the tallest uh, guy on this list. And getting a guy like that, whether as a starter or even the guy off the bench, is pretty good. Uh, Whiteside averaged 8.2 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, and 1.6 blocks per game. So overall, he actually had a pretty solid year with the Portland Trailblazers. I, it doesn't seem like the Trailblazers are interested in bringing him back. Uh, NBA free agency is kind of really slow to a halt over the last uh, couple of couple of uh, days, I would say, um, especially after the Nets were able to get Watanabe and Markeith Morris. Uh, but if you want like a legitimate tall, lengthy shot blocker, like a guy whose main priority is to stay down low and block shots when guys are trying to take it to the crib, I think Whiteside would be that perfect addition. And he's 33, which obviously for a center, it's not great. I mean, the same thing for Dwight Howard as well, and even DeMarcus Cousins. But still, I would like to bring in Whiteside, not necessarily for the scoring that he could potentially bring, but again, focusing on shot blocking, defense, and rebounding. Again, nearly eight rebounds a game coming off the bench for Yusuf Nurkic. That's pretty good. That's pretty, I would definitely take that if he was our backup and averaging that, that would be a huge addition um, long-term. So there is that. So those are the free agent options that are still out there at the time of this recording um, for, for the Nets potentially. Now, the last guy would be honestly the best case scenario when it comes to finding not just a center, but without a doubt, our starting center and a guy that would make this Nets team that much more stacked, especially on the defensive and rebounding side. And that is Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers, who's 26 years of age, youngest on this uh, on this list that I mentioned in the prime of his career, six foot 11, only, you know, an inch shorter than Hassan Whiteside. And this past year, Miles Turner averaged nearly 13 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, and the most blocks average-wise of anybody on this list, 2.8, nearly three blocks per game. Miles Turner, at his age and what he's been able to do, would be the most perfect addition to this team. But it would have to come through a trade. Now, Bleacher Report put out an article this past week talking about one guy that every NBA team should be trying to go get. And it wasn't, I don't think it was just, I think it might have been one player each team needs to trade for. And the guy for the Nets is Miles Turner. Because again, adding offense down low, adding defense on both sides. I mean, well, adding defense and then adding rebounding on both sides. And the mock trade that Bleacher Report put out was this. The Nets received Miles Turner in exchange for Joe Harris, Daron Sharp, and a 2023 first-round pick via Houston or Philadelphia, depending on which one they want to give up. Um, the Philly one comes from the James Harden trade, in case you didn't, you did not know that. Um, First and foremost, the Nets have made it very clear, as we've seen over the past couple of days, that they have no intentions of trading Joe Harris. They didn't say that they wouldn't trade uh, Seth Curry, who has one year left on his contract. 
I don't know if Indiana would be thrilled to – I mean, Seth Curry would certainly bring some really good scoring, three-point shooting to the Indiana Pacers. Um, I feel like because Nets fans turned on Joe Harris so quickly because of the lack of consistency he brought in the playoffs two years ago, that I feel like people would be – a lot of people would be more than willing to give up Joe Harris. I would not. The Nets right now have two of the top – three best three-point shooter percentage players in the NBA with Seth Curry and Joe Harris. So I feel like that they would lean much more towards keeping both of them. But I feel like if the Nets were to want to make this deal, that you flip instead of Joe Harris, I think first you try to see if you could get Seth Curry in the deal. You trade Seth Curry with Dayron because, again, the Nets with, you know, the timetables of both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving being in their early to mid thirties. Um, you know, obviously you're not fully focusing on getting young guys and building them up. Um, the Nets could obviously move Dayron Sharp uh, and, you know, bring him in. They could move Nick Claxton if they feel like they want to, um, if they want to do it that way. Uh, but if they had to give up Dayron Sharp, I feel like the Nets would be relatively okay with that because again, they could still look to try to get another young, um, you know, center somewhere else, maybe to add on to their training camp roster. And as far as the first round pick is concerned, I mean, Sean Marks, we already know has an incredible ability to build a team without first round picks. As we saw when he first came here, the Nets first round picks are just a luxury. I think right now. And again, if the Nets are getting long runs into the playoffs and even getting to the NBA Finals and winning it, those first-round picks are just not going to be that super valuable because it's end of the first round, early second, you know, right at, right before the second round. So I feel like that would be good for the Nets if they were to do that. Like, if I'm thinking if they give up Seth Curry, Dayron Sharp, and a 2023 first, again, from Houston or Philly, to get Miles Turner, I think that would be a really, really solid deal and getting a very, very talented and one of the better young centers in the game and playing in the prime of his career in Miles Turner, who has been rumored to the Nets before and has basically been rumored for trade each of the last four years. And it kind of feels like only a matter of time before somebody makes a move for him. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Sean Marks thinks about it. Maybe he doesn't. I haven't heard anything about the Nets have called Indiana about it. I don't know. And I feel like Indiana would want more than what the net, what this mock trade has to offer, but we'll see. And also guys, let me know what you think about any of these guys. If I missed anybody or who would you prefer? Just let me know on Twitter at bridge to nets and also on Instagram at bridge to nets. And again, Nets are adding guys left and right. They still got some other guys that they can add. So it'll be interesting to see over the next week or two how the Nets continue to fill out their roster to get ready for training camp. And I'm hoping that they can start to put a little bit more focus on the defensive uh, center position and kind of go from there. But I'm liking what the Nets are doing so far. And we'll see how they round out the training camp roster um, in the near, in the very near future.